controversy, fun, and conversation. All the things that radio used to be. NapaBroadcasting.com Welcome back to NapaBroadcasting.com. Many, many years ago, St. Helena once referred to itself as the heart of the Napa Valley. Since then, the city of Napa has come into its own with respect to restaurants, hotels, and more retail and more on the way. Yountville has grown up and boasts some of the most distinguished restaurant and hotel properties in the world. Calistoga has multiple hotel properties in the works, including a Four Seasons property. In terms of revenue, sales tax, TOT, and hot new restaurants, St. Helena has become the poor stepchild. That makes the job of my guest Pam Simpson, the CEO of the St. Helena Chamber of Commerce, all the more difficult, but also perhaps all the more interesting. It is my pleasure to welcome Pam Simpson to NapaBroadcasting.com. Pam, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Good to have you here. Uh, You do have this uh, challenge, as it were. But what's interesting about the challenge, and the thing that I want to start with, is that at one point, I mean, if you look back, certainly 10, 15 years, St. Helena, as far as the growth of the valley, had first mover advantage. I mean, it was the place that everybody wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Do you ever think about that, or do your your you know members think about that in terms of now the competition from all of these other communities, mm-hmm. and in fact a little bit of, of getting left in the dust in some areas? Um, you mean you mean uh, visitors who want to visitors go? visitors, and absolutely. I mean, St. Helena has always been. If you're going to go to Napa Valley, go to St. Helena, and it still is. I mean, when you look at visit Napa Valley. Valley's um, uh, visitor profile, St. Helena is still the most visited city. And it's it's that way for a reason. St. Helena still has that unique charm. It still has that amazing downtown, those great shops, and, um, you know, world-class restaurants. So people are still going there. Our issue, I think, is that people aren't necessarily staying there. And what we know through the visitor profile, that when you stay in a, in a, in a, in a town, in a city, in a, in a destination, you tend to spend more money. And and so what's happened is it's not that people aren't coming to St. Helena. They're not staying there. They're visiting for a day, and they're taking off and staying in Yachtville or Calistoga. So it's our job then to to remind them that we have outstanding lodging. And uh, in, in the Harvest Inn, in Southbridge, even in El Bonita, we've got great little hotels, great places for people to stay. But it's obvious that, you know, uh, we do need more. And we're excited about the Los Alcabas, which is the old Grandview building, which is going to go online, and Vineland Station at some point that's been approved. So the TOT is coming to St. Helena. It's not coming as fast as some of us would like to see. Um, not fast enough for us to get the, the city revenues or the or the or the tax money yet, quite yet. But um, it is coming, and so then it'll be even more of our job to make sure people stay in St. Helena when they are when they are visiting Napa Valley. You recently did a survey in part of your members, but overall businesses in St. Helena, mm-hmm. and one of the things that was in that survey was a sense among business owners, at least that the town was feeling dated. What do you think mm-hmm. that was about? That mm-hmm. was a pretty significant number of people that felt that way. Right, and I don't think they're wrong. I think it is, it's very true that we haven't had the revenue in St. Helena. Our city budget is is lagging behind that of Calistoga and Yauntville due to TOT, due to sales tax, due to all those reasons, and therefore we haven't been able to do the infrastructure that we need to do. The St. Helena Renaissance Foundation was formed a few years ago um, in order to take on some of that responsibilities that they felt the city wasn't able to do. And we've been working really hard over the last few years to try and raise some money 
but we do feel a little resistance that this is something that the city should be should be doing and we're trying to sort of meet somewhere in the middle there provide you know uh, the foundation when you know through fundraising and other avenues to get some money to do some of that updating but also then going back to the city we've been having because of the result of the of the survey we also did a, a, a bunch of focus groups uh-huh. and and the result of that was you know let's talk to the city now about what the business community wants and it was very definite that upgrading and really putting some mef- some effort into you know dusting off <laughs> the downtown St. Helena and making it prettier and more inviting is definitely the, one of our priorities and we're finding city councils feeling the same way so how we do that definitely is going to be um, a, a challenge but we all I think are on the same page that that needs to happen one of the things that seems to happen and you're there to promote business not mm-hmm. uh, to, to be an elected official but one of the things that does seem to happen is the debate always seems to get bogged down in the trivial. Mm-hmm. This debate that goes on all the time about local serving business, the debate that went on for so many years about the wine train, and here your members, I think the number was 80 plus percent of the p- business people in St. Helena want the wine train mm-hmm. to bring people there. Right. That's changed. There's mm-hmm. all this talk about in this survey you did about wanting more retail, including mm-hmm. high-end retail. Mm-hmm. Well, there was an opportunity to bring sacks there many years ago, and that went up in smoke. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to see how these little issues over the years have really cost the community a lot in terms of business potential. Absolutely. And I think that there definitely is a, a change. We've seen we've seen um, a, a real change through this survey, through the focus groups of what the businesses get and what they, what they want to do. You know, at the time, I lived in St. Helena for 24 years, so I remember at the time the, the um, I don't want to say the word fear, but the, the, the reserve of the St. Helena residents to want to sort of protect what we have. And it's still that way. We want, we want it to be a small town. We don't want it to be a resort town. We don't want to lose our heart and soul to second homes. And so we're trying very hard to, to hold on to that and what we want to do it in a managed way. However, we're seeing that some of the, some of the decisions decisions that were made did cost us big money. And so now it's what can we do? Wine Train, for example, is a great um, opportunity, uh, we think, in St. Helena, and this obviously the business owners agree, we've got a traffic issue. There is a traffic issue. And if there's a way to have sustainable tourism, to have people brought into St. Helena to shop, to stay, to dine, to taste wine, to buy wine, and get back on the train and leave, you haven't impacted our water, our infrastructure, our our, um, our traffic you know, by doing that. It's a vehicle for, for exactly those sort of things that, that a lot of people rail against. So um, we got to put the old grudge aside and look at, you know, the, the, the possibilities that the wine train might afford St. Helena. And I think there's a real turn, you know, and, and, and maybe it had to happen. You know, you, sometimes you have to let things happen for people to kind of wake up and smell the roses a little bit and go, oh my gosh, we need to, to make some changes. Well, Cheers seems like it was the original Cheers mm-hmm. was the turning point in mm-hmm. all of that in mm-hmm. many ways. Mm-hmm. Cheers, well, Cheers was a, a phenomenal event that happened right after the downturn in 2000 right. event. And Todd White did a great job of putting that to, that together at a time when the merchants needed it. I mean, everybody in town needed something to happen. 2009 was a pretty grim year for everyone and something needed to happen. And so it it, it did and I think that that's one of the reasons the town kind of said was accepting of it was because they were in such a such a, a, a downturn. So um, it, and it's in times like that that I think people kind of rally and say, okay, what's what's the next step? 
Um, one of the issues I've had in in, um, in in this job was not only um, you know realizing how far be- behind we are in the county. I mean, you know, uh, San Leonid has a has a has a tendency to put its head in the sand a little bit and not see what's going on in mm-hmm. the rest of the towns. And so it's been my job, you know, to sort of wake people up to the fact that this is what's going on in Calistoga, and this is what's going on in Yachtville, and look what's happening in Napa. Not that we want to be any of those. We want to be who we are. But take a look what's happening around you, and don't try and protect yourself in a bubble when, when all of this is happening around you, and we're not taking advantage of it. There's 5 million people who come through Napa Valley every year. Why aren't we getting more out of that? Why is right. our sales tax flat? Why is our TOT flat when everybody else around us seems to be surviving and, and thriving? Well, you touched on part of the problem before. I mean, it was even the case in downtown Napa when Todd Zapolsky bought the town center mm-hmm. and really worked about as hard as anybody could work to try and bring new and high-end retail in there. And suddenly, after a year or so of doing that, realized that the only way he could succeed was to build the hotel first. Exactly. And that was with a much larger population base. Mm -hmm. In St. Helena, you're talking about a much smaller population base, which make the hotels and the people that will come into those hotels and shop and eat and drink in town Mm -hmm. all the more critical. It makes them extremely critical. There's only 5,000 people in St. Helena that cannot... Um, really make anybody's even local serving business uh, pencil out. I, I think St. Lenin's have to realize that that most of the businesses, that's one of the things that happened in the survey when we asked, do you identify yourself as a local serving business, visitor serving business, or both? Over 75% said both. You know, the, those local businesses are not surviving on St. Lenin's only. And until St. Lenin's understand that, you know, they're, they're not going to get, they're not going to grasp anything else we say. So they have to understand that it's time to embrace the visitor and try and get them to, to stay. And to- hotels is one of those things. Of course, when you bring more people into hotels, you've got to have more things there that they want, which right. means more restaurants mm-hmm. and, dare I say, more tasting rooms. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that, that you know, St. Helena does have that original, we've got our, our, our amazing mom-and-pop shops, you know, mm-hmm. and we've got great, we, we don't have the, the, the formula shops, we don't have the big box shops, and so, therefore, that is unique and diverse. I mean, when you go out even into the, the, the other destination towns like Aspen, like some of those they they have those um, we don't and so therefore um, we have that unique aspect that doesn't that's not available in any other town in, in Napa Valley so that's that's great and so you know we don't necessarily have to rely on tasting rooms I think it's it's perfectly fine when the right one comes along to make sure that it that it's um, included and thought through but I also think that it's a there's a point where you know you you have to look at what else is going to really benefit downtown St. Lena and give the not only the visitor, but the local, something unique and interesting and different to look at. Of course, tasting rooms tend to keep people yes. walking around, mm-hmm. keep people downtown, mm-hmm. which, you know, and, and we all know, I mean, Vegas, I suppose, is the penultimate example. They don't give people free drinks for no reason. The more you drink, the more you spend. That's and the true. same is true <laughs> in the shopping world true, as well. True, true, And we have, you know, and we've got great bars downtown St. Helena too. Now we've got some really nice tasting rooms, and there definitely is a, an experience to be had just in doing tasting rooms in, in uh, downtown St. Helena. In the surveys that you did, the focus group and, and in the business survey, 
there is the sense that people are finally beginning to understand that, or at least the business owners are beginning to understand, mm-hmm. that it's not an either-or proposition, mm-hmm. that to be you know, a, lo- a nice local community doesn't mean you have to eschew visitors and that, that they both can coexist together. Right. And I do think that that's overridingly a business um, attitude and a business, um, and it came out very strongly mm-hmm. in our survey and in our focus groups. I think this is going to be our job is now to go into the community and make them realize this as much as our business owners are. I think they, you know, there's a there's a very, very much a sentiment in town of I moved to St. Lena for a reason. I moved to get away from the rat race. I moved to this small town because it is so quaint and and um, and, and, and beautiful, and we don't we don't want more of things because that brings more people. And I think that there has to be a balance there, and we have to convince residents that that the visitors are there, um, they're already there. We might as well take advantage of of what they're bringing. It's interesting because the next phase of it all seems like it should be a survey of the residents. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think that, this is my opinion, but I don't sense that, and you've lived there longer and you deal with it every day, that the residents speak with a monolithic voice, that there are really different groups of residents. There's the old timers that are there, Mm -hmm. that is an aging population. I mean, St. Helena is the oldest, you know, in terms Mm -hmm. of age demographic, the oldest community in the valley. There's the old timers. There is, you and I were talking about before we went on the air, the young families that Mm -hmm. have moved in. There's the Hispanic population. There are very distinct and different parts of the community. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure that it's a monolithic voice in terms of what they want. No, I think I totally agree with you on that. And we don't, with the focus groups, with the survey that we've done, and with these meetings that we're having about this economic viability or sustainability project we're putting forth, you know, not trying to to say this is what the community thinks. We're, we're very much, very blatant in saying this is the, what the business community is, is talking about. This is what the business community thinks. And when we present it to city council and we present it to, 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 to city leaders, we're saying, now it's time for you to go get public opinion and, and, and talk about, now you know where we think, now it's time to get them to, to, to also um, uh, you know, put their voice into this this conversation. So we're not trying to speak for the community. We're trying to speak for the businesses. Right. Um, I do think that you're right that there are a lot of factions out there, and there some are more vocal than others. And so I think it's going to be an interesting conversation. You need to engage those young families. They're home. They've got soccer, homework, things like that, and they just don't come out. Mm-hmm. And they're just a little more at this point. I don't want to use the ap- word apathetic because they're not. It's just they don't have the time or the energy to do the kind of things that some of the other more vocal groups can do. The retired groups. Who have nothing but time. <laughs> so I think you know you've got to engage everybody and not just um, and not just one sect of the of the community. Absolutely. Talk a little bit about what you see as the role of the chamber in mm-hmm. all of this that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. We want to keep these these issues alive, and that's our role is to make sure that they keep moving forward. Because we have seen a tendency in St. Lena for you know a study group or a vision plan or a work thing or, you know to happen, and then none of those things be taken forward. And so we had a very active group of people who, uh, you know, merchants and, and business owners and winery owners and lodging who, who fed
fed into this and felt like, you know, we don't want to see our time wasted now. We put some serious thought and effort into this, and we'd like to see some things come out of it. So we are going to be, you know, pushing to see some things happen. There were three big things that sort of came out of this survey and out of these focus groups, out of this project, because mm-hmm. it was a combination of both. And one is we need to increase our, our, our city's revenue. In what ways is that? We're not telling you what the way is. We're saying there's got to be some studies around that. There's got to be some ways of investigating that. Do we put money towards it? Do we, um, you know, how do we find different ways of doing TOT? But it's got to be a priority now for us. Um, one of the biggest things that came out of it was this idea of retail diversity that you sort of touched on a minute uh-huh. ago. But um, in the past, there's been very much a sense in St. In Helena of a laissez-faire or let the market forces decide and we're just going to see what happens. And we're learning not only from the merchants but from everybody around us too, um, the, the hotels, the wineries, and, and the other businesses, that we can't do that. We can't just let that happen because we're going to, you know, you, you, you waste a lot of time in waiting for someone to come then they come in then they you know they either do well or fail and then you got another six months or eight months before they can you know change out and we've lost a lot of revenue in that time period and again we don't want too much repetition we want to see stuff we want to see uh, businesses down there that we know can thrive that we know are going to be interesting to locals and visitors and that we think can um, can survive and pencil out something that makes it an interesting experience for locals, for visitors, and more of the same doesn't necessarily do that anymore. I guess the question then is whose job that is. Mm-hmm. Is it the chamber's job? Mm-hmm. Normally in, in most cities it would be economic development department right. that would do that. Mm-hmm. In St. Helena, there's barely department heads for most of the departments mm-hmm. that are there because they've all left. Right. You know? So the city is going through a transition. And I was struck in the survey by the degree to which business owners feel that the city has been one of the biggest obstacles that they've had to deal with. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. And I think that um, that, that wasn't, that wasn't uh, I think so in that, I mean, I'm not shocked that the business owners <laughs> felt that way. Um, we have had a city, of, a city of no in the past, and they're trying very hard in the last few years to be a city of yes or a city of maybe, at least. And so we're hoping that they stay that way. I don't think it's the, ch- the chamber's job solely to do this. Absolutely not. That would never, um, that would never be our, we would never be able to do that. Mm-hmm. We're not, that's not our, that's not our mission or our statement is to take over anything or do that. What I think it has to be is a collaborative effort. You're going to have to have the buy-in of the community. You're going to have to have the chamber. You're going to have to have the city together. A lot of communities, and this is the other thing we're saying, is, you know, there are a lot of communities who've solved this problem. We're not out there again in our own little bubble. Now it's time to go and see what other cities have done in the ways of business improvement districts, in the ways of development corporations, and, you know, that kind of look at redevelopment or, or um uh, improvement and and figure out what what's going to work best for St. Helena. So maybe we go out and try and find a few places that have have solved the problem or at least are working towards it that are similar to our destination. Uh-huh. And we kind of look at you know hand them the I, the, the different problems we we see, and we kind of look at what they're doing and and uh, do a collaborative effort in 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 managing this. It's an interesting problem because if you look at some other communities that have had success in doing this, and and Sebastopol has Mm -hmm. done some interesting things, and there are other communities around the country that have, what makes St. Helena's problem all the more unique 
is that it exists within mm-hmm. a larger framework, a larger destination mm-hmm. that is doing different things. Mm-hmm. And, and that makes it a, a more unique problem in many respects. It does. But if, I mean, if you look at, um, you know, the greater LA area, you know, you have Santa Barbara within, you know, San, slow, San Luis Obispo and, and that whole wine country, you know, you've got different destinations within destinations in Park City and in, in, in Aspen and Vale. And so they're, we're, you know, we're unique because we're Napa Valley but we're not that unique. And again, I think that's where St. Helena has to kind of, you know, pop its its bubble a little bit and say there there are other people out there similar to what we're doing and we don't have to come up with all the answers because some people have already done this. And so let's go let's go talk to them, let's go see what they what they have to say and maybe we can um we can we can figure out something that works for us by looking at what others were able to do. It's interesting in talking about the city needing the business owners feeling the city needs to generate revenue. One of the things in the survey was was a pretty strong sense that the Adam Street property in St. Helena should be something that generates some revenue for the city. Mm-hmm. And yet I know that a couple of the elected officials, including the new mayor, feel very strongly that it should not be used for mm-hmm. commercial purposes. I think, you know, it it, it fits in that, that category of the first priority that came out of all of this is that the city needs to increase revenue. And if there is a way to do that with a mixed use on Adam Street, it mm-hmm. needs to be considered. We're not... In at this point, you know, the chamber's not advocating that it's going to be this kind of revenue generator or this kind, an event center or a hotel or whatever it is, but that needs to be considered as they talk about Adam Street because what they want to do there, fantastic stuff. You know, let's coordinate all of the the needs that we have around St. Helena, including the Historical Society and the RLS Museum and the library, and let's have this great community center, which is a phenomenal idea. But the reality is that you've got to fund that and you've got to sustain it. Right. So you can have this great fundraiser and everybody's going to give and you're going to create the building, but how do you sustain this? And so therefore increasing the revenue or having some sort of revenue generating um, operation on that in order for those things to be sustained and, you know, once they're built is, is, is just good. It's just good. It's being fiduciarily responsible. And so I think that that's kind of where the business owners are coming from because we know that when they go out to look for funding, to build these community centers, they're coming to the business community. Right. And so if you're going to come to the business community, we're going to want to see. got to give something in return. Well, we want to see, you know, what 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 the city's going to be able to, how they're going to be able to sustain this. And that's going to be an important factor for, for Adam Street. So, you know, we're not necessarily, like I said, advocating for anything in particular. But as they move forward on, on Adam Street and think about what kind of community center is going to be there, they're going to have to think about, you know, sustaining the revenue there and, and keeping that thing going and not really relying on the city, the city general fund to do it because it's just not there. The other issue, and and the Star has written about this in several articles over the years, and that is the rents that keep going up for businesses there. Yes. And that that's a factor in Mm -hmm. whatever the mix and diversity or lack of diversity of businesses are going to be. Right. Right. Once once, uh, rents get so high, the only thing that can afford to be in St. Helena is something that either generates revenue somewhere else, um, and we don't allow chains, so that kind of right there 
aces those people out, or it's something that can sustain, you know, um, and so you end up with a real estate office or an office. And so the re- retail tends to go something that can afford that rent. And so it, it's, a, it's a concern. And it's something we don't want to see. Our old general plan and new general plan both, you know, ask for no more retail on First Street of Main Street. Let's try and keep it revenue generating. And so, you know, we're, we're hoping to continue those things. But absolutely, we're going to part of that retail diversity plan is going to have to look at, um, you know, what if I also think that there's a point where if if a landlord knows no more of this or something like this, they're going to have to adjust their rent for what's going to happen there. And that's why we keep saying this is going to have to be a collaborative effort because the property owners are going to have to buy into this whole idea too. They're going to have to understand that this is for the better. You know, this is for the better of, of saying that the health, the economic health and the sustainability of St. Helena. And so therefore, you know, you might have to do something about your rent in order to bring in the right thing. Why is there there such pushback to the idea, and you touched on it a moment ago, to simply letting market forces dictate what comes into town. Mm -hmm. Let the landlords charge the rent that they want to charge Mm -hmm. and let the market determine what the needs are. Mm -hmm. I mean, doesn't that seem the best way in some respects Mm -hmm. to make it sustainable? I think that was the way, you know, that I think that worked for a while. But I think that you've you've gotten into a situation in in St. Helena where, um, again, a business will come in, it'll take six or eight months for it to get um, approved. And then um, it takes uh, another four four months or so for it to get open and get going. And then it takes about a year for them to realize that this isn't working on Main Street. And then they go out of business. And now you got to start the process over. And we've lost that revenue. Mm-hmm. And so when you let market forces happen, you allow for the opportunity for um, a lot of lost opportunity, a lot of lost um, revenue. So um, and when you're talking about you know less than sixty retail spaces uh-huh. in in a, in a town, um, having one empty for a long period of time is a scary thought. And so um, it's it's definitely something that, that the business owners really felt it's time to step in. There's also a huge concern in St. Helena, not only with the business owners, but I hear it all the time at city council, that, um, you know, we don't want too many of one thing. You know, you can't, how many, how, if you're coming to St. Helena to buy a piece of really nice jewelry, jewelry, or if you happen to be walking down the street and you're going to buy a beautiful pair of earrings for, you know, $2,000, how many times are you going to do that um, as you walk along Main Street? Only once. So how many jewelry stores do you really need? You know, and I think that's kind of where they're coming from is, you know, um, do we do we want to be just repetitive? It gets it gets it's fatiguing not only for the locals, but it gets fatiguing for the visitors, too. And so if we if we allow to be our, ourselves to become all jewelry stores, all art galleries, all tasting rooms, it's 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 not a great shopping experience anymore. On the other hand, to the extent that the market plays a role, I mean, the market's not going to create. I mean, if you go into a town, if you want to open a business, and there are four jewelry stores there, mm-hmm. you're probably not going to want to open another jewelry store in a town of five thousand people. You would think, you would think, but obviously those jewelry stores do. You know, uh, they, and I have to give them a lot of credit. There's those jewelry stores have been there for quite a long time, mm-hmm. and they've built a very loyal 
a customer base. And that means locals. That doesn't mean just visitors. Then all of them feel that they have a very strong and have reached out to the community and have a very loyal um, local customer base. And so that's where you're going to see, you know, some jewelry stores not do well and others do do really well when when they can actually engage with with the locals. What's so interesting about all of this, and this really relates to, I mean, it's, it's beyond the scope of, of our conversation about businesses in the chamber, but it has taken so long, for example, to put a general plan in place yes. in the city yes. that the demographics of the community have changed pretty dramatically well. in the period of time that this discussion about the general plan has been going on. But it makes your job, it makes the job of businesses in St. Helena mm-hmm. all the more difficult to mm-hmm. sort of not know really what the landscape is over the long run and to really make the commitments they need to make as business owners. Right. Because they've got the city changing, the rules changing, mm-hmm. and the demographics changing mm-hmm. all at the same time. Yeah. Not very firm footing for business. No. And, you know, and when you think about when the last general plan was done in 2010, that's what we're talking about. Again, just coming out of a downturn, just, you know, there were, the times were different. Technology was different. Right. Everything was different when they wrote that general plan as to, you know, with the one that the city council just recently has updated. And when you look at that one, you know, it seems to make a, a little bit more um, more sense in some ways. And it's not perfect, but that's, I think that that's... Updated, but still not approved. <laughs> and still not approved. <laughs> and, and never perfect. I mean, the bottom right. line on general plans is that, you know, you've got to look at what literally it is a general plan. You can adopt it. You can change it. You can amend it. So, you know, get the general plan done. And and generally, it's okay. Sure, there's specific things in each of the elements that people might want to tweak, but get something so that overriding idea and the vision of where St. Lena is going is in place so that businesses can move forward knowing where you're going. I also want to say that I think that the last year and a half, they have made a real dedication to this new general plan. They've spent year, or months on it, um, uh, plenty of um, open uh, city council meetings where they've discussed it to the nth degree. The clear intent here is that this this the city is moving towards this general plan. To, so to keep referring to the old one is nonsense. Uh, you have to look at the new general plan and say a considerable amount of time and effort has been put into it that this is where we are going. And so you have to, you know, there's a point where you have to sort of say, let's move on. I want to touch on one other thing before we wrap it up, because I think that in many ways it is, I would argue, almost a key, if not the key, to the success of business, and that is parking. Mm-hmm. I mean, the reality is that if people can find a place to park, they'll go do something. If they can't, they won't. Absolutely. And, and it really is a, a critical factor. Absolutely. What is, the, what is your sense of, of where the business community comes down in terms of dealing with mm-hmm. this issue? Mm-hmm. Not and so much traffic, but parking. Parking, yeah, absolutely. It's a, it is a problem in St. Helena, and we do agree. You know, there's a lot of times people kind of dismiss it a little bit by saying, you know, our locals park, you know, we have to park a block and a half away, and we complain about that, and, you know, in any other big city. But the the reality is again that there is no you know central lot um, where people can, you know, can park and walk um, or not walk. Or we don't have the walkability because the south end of town you know if you do park say at the Welcome Center with huge parking lot in back which is never used it, you know we would love to be able to to have people park there but then the walkability into town is a little off and so it's 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 difficult and you know we we beg we plead with those people who who uh, work on Main Street not to 
park in on Main Street, you know, park a block a half off and everything else. And but we do have to look for um, a, a better uh, more sustainable use. We had that that Mitchell lot for mm-hmm. um, a, a year, and then PG&E had to go in and do remediation. It's 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 up to PG&E now. I think I believe they want to sell it. I believe the city might be interested. I believe a parking garage <laughs> there would be amazing, but you know we don't know exactly what's going to happen there. Um, the survey we did ask, do you think mm-hmm. parking's really a problem? And overwhelmingly, they said yes, it is a problem, and that um, uh, there is a parking fund in Saint Helena. There always has been when a restaurant or business opens to a certain number of tables or or, or seats, and uh, they have to pay into a parking fund um, to sort of remediate for the fact that there's no parking space in front of their place or no parking lot. There's over $500,000 in that parking fund. Well, we put it out to the business community. Do you want to use it somewhere else? Do you want to use it to update Main Street? Do you want to use it to um, to, to, to put bathrooms and, you know, public restrooms on money, money way? Do you want, what do you want to use that money for? And overwhelmingly, it came back and said a parking structure. We put it in uh-huh. for a parking structure. We want a parking structure. I was surprised. I was actually, that was one of the things I was surprised at is that overwhelmingly they said it's time for parking. Multi-story garage in the Safeway parking lot. Craziness, yeah. <clears throat> that would be big. Solve yeah. the problem right or, there. Right, or on Mitchell or wherever. But, you know, what? Uh, some places got to be some, – something's got to happen. Pam Simpson, CEO, St. Helena Chamber of Commerce. I thank you so much for coming in and spending time with us here on NapaBroadcasting.com. Thanks again. I appreciate, appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to NapaBroadcasting.com. Napa Valley Radio for the way we live now.